Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. As much as I'm glad you're here today, I got some bad news. It's not just bad news for the kids' spot kids, it's bad news for all of us. And that news is that it seems like summer has come to an end. No, summer has come to an end. I don't know what your summer is like. Maybe it was hectic and crazy and it was a blast, or if it was just hot and boring. You know, like summer is different for all of us. But one thing that we all experience together is summer kind of gets us out of our routines, doesn't it? Summer gets us out of our regular schedules. Summer gets us out of our norm. And so there's something to be said of getting back into kind of what regular life is, even as we're sad we're saying goodbye to summer. Because what it does, it kind of allows us to evaluate life. It kind of allows us to say, okay, we've got to restart. What am I supposed to focus on this year? Even if you're not part of the school system, just culturally, this is kind of a beginning of something. We go through our seasons. And so it gives us an opportunity to say, what am I going to focus on? And that is what we're going to talk about all August long. For the next five weeks, we're going to talk about, what am I supposed to maybe refocus on that I've lost during the summer? When life gets a little out of the norm, life gets a little crazy, like we're traveling here and there, we're doing things we don't normally get to do, we kind of lose our focus. How do I get that back? How do I kind of remind myself of what matters most, how I should be thinking? How do I refocus on what really Jesus has called me to do? What has he called me to live like? Well, this month is going to be very personal for me because how I'm going to walk through this, if you've ever been to my office before, on my desk, there are five items. You see them on the screen. These are always in my office. If you ever stop by, I'd love for you to. You'll see these things all year long. The reason is because I don't know if you're like me or not. But I can tend to get distracted sometimes. It doesn't take summer for me to be that way. I start thinking about certain things. I start valuing certain things. I start, my mind wanders, my life wanders, and I begin to value things or walk places that maybe I shouldn't. Now, to be clear with something, that doesn't mean they're wrong. That doesn't even mean they're sinful. But there's a life that Jesus has called me to that I need to focus on because as I tell you all the time, we are created on purpose for a purpose and God has given me this, what am I supposed to focus on personally? Well today, I wanna kinda give you that first object. So I kind of want to show you the thing that I sometimes have to grab, and what I have to grab is, it may be my only toy, but it's my favorite toy. This robot 
When I need to grab it, what it does sometimes is it helps me remind myself what matters most in the life that God is calling me to live. Or it helps me remind myself how to think. And we're going to get into that today. Because you know what I know. Is that if I don't make intentional decisions in my life, I can find myself walking down many roads in many different ways. But I got this robot from someone in the church, we'll call it 10 years ago about. She gave it to me after one of my messages. She gave it to me after I spoke on a Sunday morning well before I became the senior pastor here at One Hope. But she gave me this robot because something I said struck a chord with her and she wanted me to remember that message. And what this toy, or I should say what I spoke about that day when I had this robot was simply this. When our life becomes centered around Jesus, how we live changes. Hear me. When our life becomes centered around Jesus, how we live begins to change. Now, this is a simple concept, but it's hard to implement, or we often don't implement it. Maybe another way of saying this is when we say our life has been given to Jesus, how we live shows if we really meant it. The reason I talked about it that day is because I talked about a man that many of you have heard of before. Many of you have read about before. His name is Paul. Paul is a man we see in the New Testament, wrote a bunch of the New Testament. Paul was a very passionate individual. We, Paul did not struggle with passion in life. The problem was, what was Paul passionate about? Paul was passionate about Jesus. I'm sorry, Paul was passionate about God but Jesus was another story. And how Paul lived out his passion for God was he would go from town to town either imprisoning people or killing people for what reason? Simply for following Jesus as the Messiah. Well, Paul did this over and over and over again until the day came. And you probably know about the day. I'll say the day was the day of the road to Damascus. And on this road, Paul had an encounter with Jesus that changed everything about his life. If you don't know the story, you can go to Acts chapter 9. It will tell you the story, but for the sake of time today, I'll just tell you that this experience changed Paul's perspective on everything. It changed what he believed was the truth and what matters most. Paul had a shift in perspective when he had an encounter with Jesus. And after he had this encounter with Jesus, he had to ask himself the important question that I've already mentioned. Paul had to ask himself, how do I live life after I've given it to Jesus? This question is 
Very simple in form, but it's a question you have to wrestle with today. It's a question I have to wrestle with today. After I've given my life to Jesus, what does that mean? And I think we see in a couple places the change that Paul went through. We see kind of framework for the rest of his life when he writes one of my favorite verses, maybe my favorite verse, he writes in the book of Galatians to the church, Galatians chapter 2, he says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul had an experience with Jesus, and then all of a sudden something had to change. And he speaks of my life is no longer my life. He speaks, it's no longer me that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. And what we see that happens in his life, his reality changes, his perspective changes, his truth has changed, and we begin to see that not only is a mental thing, that not only is something that he cognitively believed, it affects everyday life because now we're getting closer to the robot. 1 Corinthians 9. This is what he writes after his experience with Jesus and as he is speaking to the church in Corinth. He says, though I am free and belong to no one. Though I am free in Jesus and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those who have not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I'm not free from God's law under Christ's law, so as to win those who are not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. And he says this famous line, I have become all things to all people, so by the all possible means, I might save some. Paul, that day, his encounter with Jesus gave him freedom he had never experienced before. But once again, the question is, how do I use the freedom that I have found in Jesus? It doesn't stop with a baptism. It doesn't stop when we declare in public, I believe in who Jesus is. This is not where it stops. We believe baptism is the beginning of the life that is to come. And how are we going to use the freedom that Jesus has given us? How was he going to live his life now? And what we see in Paul's life is that when he gave his life to Jesus, he realized, I'm now part of something bigger than me. And he realizes, we need to realize that when I give my life to Jesus, I become part of something that's bigger than me. So you know what happens? My passions change. Do you know that? When you experience Jesus, your passions change. 
your perspectives change. Your mission in life changes. You know that, that, that this is the calling on our life. It's not only do our passions change, our perspective change, but our mission changes in life. This is often one of the missing links that uh, does not allow us to experience all that Jesus has for us. I want us, maybe need to write this down today, is that salvation in Jesus is not just a gift so you can go to heaven. It's not just a gift so you can go to heaven. Salvation is also a gift so you can change how you live on earth today. Salvation does not just change our future, it changes our today. This is what Paul realized. He understood that he wants to live his life in a way that no matter where people come from, no matter what they believe, no matter what they've experienced, no matter what their struggles are, he wants to be all things for all people. This is his life missions. For what purpose? What did he say? This declares what he's about. He says, I've become all things to all, th all people so that by all possible means I might save some. Now, be, be careful here. The English, the Greek to English can be difficult where you're like, wait, what's he mean so he can save some? What he is saying here is I want to be all things to all people. I want to meet people where they are. I want to use my life so that God can use me so life change happens, which brings us back to the robot, my favorite toy. One thing you don't know that you play with this robot is it kind of can go in all directions. The arms move, the legs move, the head moves. And the reason that lady, friend who gave me this after the message is because I think the point of Paul's message is this. When I have given my life to Jesus, my mission changes that I need to meet people where they are for the purpose of showing them Jesus. And he says, for the weak, I become weak so that I can win the weak. For the people who are under the law, Jewish people, I meet them where they are under the law so they can experience Jesus in the life that the people who are not under the law, Gentiles, I meet them where they are because they need to experience Jesus. Here is the message this morning that I want you to walk away with in Back to School Blessing Sunday. Being a follower of Jesus is probably the most uncomfortable thing when done right that you'll ever do. Because when you are a follower of Jesus, your life is no longer about you. You become part of something bigger than yourself. And when you walk through life every day, you're going to fall into uncomfortable circumstances. Because to be, to be selfless is uncomfortable. It causes you to feel the pain 
of being flexible. To be generous is uncomfortable. To meet people in their messiness can be uncomfortable. It can cause us to have to stretch and move in ways that when done, it's like, I, does this look comfortable? Paul says, though, this is life now. Do you know this is life now? If you're a follower of Jesus, the whole idea of comfort for my benefit is thrown out the window because Paul says, my life is no longer mine. It's Christ that lives in me. And my life mission now is to use my freedom so that anybody, no matter what they're going through, I will meet them in that for the purpose of what? So they can see Jesus through me and that they will be saved. I look on my desk And there are days I have to grab this. Because you know what? To be that person sometimes is super annoying. Because to forget about yourself is not easy. People are hard. People have differing opinions than me. People have different desires than me. People just view life differently than me. And in myself, I will lean into my preferences. In myself, I will follow all of my desires. But in Christ, I live different ways. So I grab this sometimes when, quite frankly, someone is getting under my skin and I say, Scott, what are you called to be? Not as a pastor, just as a person. I am called to give grace in an uncomfortable way. I am called to give love and forgiveness in an uncomfortable way. When someone doesn't believe the same as me or a different perspective on a situation, I am to bend to say, how do I meet them there so we can have a conversation? I think this is what a follower of Jesus' life looks like. You know why? Because for me, all roads end to how can I show them Jesus more. So I grab this some days. You know, other days I grab this as a dad. Other days I grab this as a husband. Other days I grab this as a friend. Other days I do grab it as a pastor and say, what does my church need from me? What does my family need from me? I ask these questions. When was the last time you asked yourself? When was the last time you asked God? God, what does somebody need from me today? Because I'm part of something bigger than myself. God, the people that are struggling around me today, where do I need to bend and be flexible so that I can show them Jesus and how I live? When you wake up in the morning, is this how you woke up thinking? 
When you wake up in the morning, do you say, God, I want to be all things to all people so that more can be saved? Today's back-to-school blessing. Students, you walk into a school where lots of people don't know who Jesus is. Don't know the love that comes with Jesus and you have an opportunity in how you live life to show you really mean it when you say you gave your life to Jesus and how you love other people. How you give yourself away for other people. The decisions you make, the things you care about, what you're passionate about. When you see who Jesus is, our passions change and our mission changes. School teachers bus drivers, administrators, cafeteria workers, any job in the school system, you have a chance to show Jesus in everything that you do. You could be the lifeline for a student, for a parent that is struggling. Our mission field is big in the school, but the mission field will never be met like it's supposed to if we walk into it saying, what am I going to get out of this year? As much as if you walk in and say, who needs me to meet them where they are this year? Who is hurting? Who doesn't feel loved? Who is distracted and doesn't know what life is really about? My prayer for us this morning is can we refocus to make life what it's supposed to be like after we give our life to Jesus? That it's different than before. But I know this room and online is filled with people. You're not part of the school system, but you know your mission is no different. You walk into offices. You walk into places where people are. Can I ask you to consider this this year? Will you consider asking a different question than maybe is our normal question? Instead of, what do I hope to get out of today? What do I want for today? What am I working towards? Could we ask a question that says, is there anybody around me that needs to see Jesus? And so today, what we're going to do is, is we're going to pray for our students. We're going to pray for those adults that are working in the school system. But underneath these prayers, I want you to know my prayer for you is that you live life differently this year than maybe last year. If you do live life this way, then continue it. But my prayer is that Paul's words inspire us that maybe at the end of this school year you look back and go wow whether it's in the school or in your jobs by next summer you have story after story of how you lived to show people Jesus and you met them where they were to do it. thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church if you would like to hear more Check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archive, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.